there, media fans. Welcome to The Voice Cat, where we take your favorite animated characters and find out who played them the best, the worst, and the weirdest, then allow you to vote on them yourselves. I'm your host, Justin, and with me is Will. Hello, everyone. My name is Will. Nice to hopefully see you all again. And today, we'll be covering quite the controversial character. Controversial in her own special way, though. Take it away, Justin. Today, we are covering... Harley Quinzel, a.k.a. known as Harley Quinn, the very popular Batman villain. Actually... So, Will... <laughs> just go on. According to the fans, she's actually the most popular outside of the Joker and Batman. When it comes to the various different villains, villainesses, subheroes, and sidekicks, she's actually the most popular amongst them. Mainly because of her appeal, connection to the Joker, and the... The thing you try to avoid when doing New York accents is the New York accent. But in every iteration of Harley Quinn, they've handed up to the point to where it is good ham. It's very good ham. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, because if you guys don't know, which you probably shouldn't, Will actually lives in Queens. So I was wondering if, if you, having full knowledge of that accent, helped you decide decide which ones which ones rank higher than others more see when it comes to brooklynese or other accents that involve being from new york chicago new york chicago or boston which are the three main other than the southern accent which is far and few between the three main big city accents are boston new york massachusetts i mean not massachusetts boston chicago each one of them has a very has their own distinct accent and has to be talked in a certain way. New York, it's it's about feel. You gotta feel natural with it. Anyone can do a hey yo New Yorker, but if if it doesn't feel natural, it sounds like crap. Because with, with with the distance with, with with the distance between Boston and New York being so short. People will go, park the car in Harvard Yard, do a New York accent. No, 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 that's Boston. That's Boston. Yeah, and thankfully, Harley Quinn gave us a lot of interesting stuff to work with because it is, because there has been just like a wide range of just like all these actresses doing different work. And unlike, and unlike Spyro, where it was just, just good, crap, crap, good, crap, for the most part, each one of these ladies can bring something different to the character. It all it all depends on preference on which one is the best to us, though, and for you, the audience. To which the big variation amongst all of them is their emotion. Harley is a very emotional character. People think because she's with the Joker, she's all about the comedy and humor. Well, yes, that is a part of her character. She is mainly big for her emotional scenes. She's an emotional character. Combine emotional with with one of the three big city accents and you could either have something amazing or something completely tragic. Yeah, it's it requires a really really delicate balance, which I believe our first contestant Arlene Sorkin does exceedingly well. <laughs> Here's to Gotham's Commissioner G. You lock up the weirdos, the crooks, and the geeks. You're a hero to all the boys in blue. But this time, baby, the joke's on you. Arlene Sorkin. 
the first Harley Quinn from the Batman the Animated Series in the 90s. The, the cornerstone of all Harley Quinns. The, she is the standard by everyone compares to, or that we're comparing everyone to. She will not be number one on the list. She will be number zero. She is the origin. Speak for yourself. She's my favorite. So, a bit of backstory is that Harley Quinn and along, alongside that, the retelling origin of Mr. Freeze that was made in the animated series was written by the legend Paul Dini. Paul Dini, one of the greatest writers of all time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Arlene Sorkin was made for this role. Actually, the role was made for her. Thank you, God. The role was made for her. And when Paul Dini saw her on on the days, days of our lives, he knew that she would be perfect for it. And thankfully, she does. One major thing that they did was they could have... Paul, the, the art style for the animated series from the 90s, certain, they really focus on facial structure. Certain voices have certain facial structures. So I'm guessing they had the animators for the animated series look at her talk to try and get that natural cheek and cheek and jaw movement of Harley Quinn. One of my personal favorite favorite bits from her was, did you watch Girls' Night Out, the one, the Superman crossover where Batgirl and Supergirl, Ivy, Harley, and Livewire? I did, and I liked it. One, I loved every Harley Quinn thing that I've seen. And one of my favorite one of my favorite Harley Quinn moments ever is when she soaks Livewire with water. Livewire goes, "Are you out of your mind?" And Harley just gives this just as inquisitive look, and she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> it's like it's such a predictable joke, but it's just delivered. It delivered so well. My favorite Harley scene is not a comedic scene; it's the dark scene. It's when the Joker backhands her out of a multiple story building and she just says I just wanted to get the joke that tore me inside a bit when I was younger and rewatching it for my research oh, God. we're talking like... this woman Arlene she, ha she did a Shakespearean esque take on the character she, she knew emotion well then again, she's a soap opera star. She kind of has to know. Fair enough. But it transitioned very well. Because there are some people who are good on the big screen, or on big on the tube, but are not so good as voice actors. Because they're not relying on their main form of acting as their draw. Which we've had an experience, you know, last, uh, last episode with Wayne Brady as Sparks. Wayne Brady, funny, amazing, charismatic man. Mediocre sparks. Like, real mediocre. The biggest thing that I've always wanted to know is, why why did she stop? I mean, it's it's fine. I, I know, she, she retired. But then, her coming back for Arkham Asylum and DC Universe Online for, for a little bit, after roughly... Over five five years without touching the microphone again, it is very jarring. It it really does feel like I wonder what happened. I don't know. I mean, 
I mean, I'm sure she's doing well. I mean, her husband is the guy who made Frasier and Modern Family. I know she's doing fine. She has other side projects to do, but it's it's always just kind of torn me up that I don't know. I want to know. Somebody tell me. Well, between her last known thing, which was Wild Cards in the Justice League 2001 cartoon, there was a seven, there was an eight-year gap as Arkham Asylum came out in 2009, and here on the list, the last time she was in something was Justice League and the, the 2001 Justice League cartoon of Wild Cards. In between this span of time, we have had Endon Walsh, Janice Jodd, Megan Strange. Yeah, that's it. We have had three prominent voice actresses. All very different, too. Oh, the, the, their, their variations on Harley are... They're good. They're good. Let's start with... I think I, I think we've agreed when we, when we were sharing notes. Our combined favorite of the... Of, of the... Of those who take after... Of those who are coming after Arlene. Hendon Walsh. For you DC fans, Starfire. Three words, Romeo. Flowers, flowers, flowers. And never take no for an answer. Have a good puddin'. What's your query, dearie? Um, sorry, folks. Just some nutcase. I told you to screen those calls. We'll be right back. Think loving thoughts. Okay, so, The Batman, 2004. The Batman series that I personally grew up with. And the one I actually did enjoy because... I love Keith Michael Richards as the Joker. He played the Animal Joker, as the fans have called it. And he did a damn good job putting the Joker yeah, in a new people, light. People crap on this series, or at least they don't they don't ever talk talk about it anymore. I mean, granted, I was confused until I watched the animated series and I got it, because Batman the Animated Series just had great writing. It had just this fantastic way to to put in some comedy, some drama, and some Sometimes it all, all together. Once again, Paul Dini is a god. So, like for example, like for example, the difference between Baby Doll, Baby Doll from the Batman, and Baby Doll from, and and Baby Doll from the animated series. She wasn't in the Batman. Wasn't she the one who did the things with the croc? No, no, no. You're you're thinking of the season four of the animated series. No, when everyone got redesigns. I thought after I thought after her episode where Batman confronts her, she kind of goes straight because I know what she did something with Killer. You know, you, when she had that gothic lolly look. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but that's still the animated series. Really? I thought yeah, it was, I thought it was the Batman. It's no, oh oh boy oh boy. Uh, no, Batman the animated series was this really stylish looking rendition of Batman with some fantastic design from if I recall the guy who who designed the characters in Jackie Chan the animated series Jackie Chan Adventures same difference um but you're right it's stylish it's still fun even if it doesn't hit all of the all the creative strides you clearly could tell that they wanted to they're clearly just wanting to do what they want and thinking back to it it really does seem like that series, the people who made it were thinking to themselves, okay, we need to be as far away from the animated series as possible. 
So it really seemed like that they made decisions in just to be different, like how, like how, say, a Mr. Freeze, who, by the way, is freaking awesome looking. Just oh, yeah. Just an awesome design. I, they, they threw out his backstory to just say he's a thief who likes diamonds. And that's kind of what I feel like what happened, happened with Hinden Walsh as Harley Quinn, is that, is that let's try someone different. They gave, they gave her a shot, and it works surprisingly well. I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, Hinden Walsh, like, I don't want to include that because you just said Starfire. Uh, Why? She is Starfire. Well, I know that, but for the sake of repetition and all that, she she nails Harley Quinn with just having she's she's got the accent with a little bit of flair from from her voice. You know that it's her, but I do not I do not get get sick of it. I love I love that bit where setting the woods on fire with the Joker. I thought that 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 was a lot of fun. I love her little squee that she does. She's she's an adorable Harley Quinn. She is. And I believe the... When it comes to Hinden, when she was Harley Quinn, the coals were still hot from her being Starfire. Ha. Huh. Yeah. Joke. The coals were very... The coals were still hot, so she was, she was in her groove. She didn't have that awkward transition period where she took a small break. Teen Titans was in 2004, right? I don't know, actually. Let me look that up. Go on. But... The energy she brought to Harley Quinn, which was evidence in a lot of her other characters, like, for example, Princess Bubblegum, Starfire herself, and Veridi from Kid Icarus Uprising. She has I a, love Veridi. She has a very good emotional range. And when it comes to Harley, it's the one thing you need is emotion range. Because like I said earlier, she's an emotional character. She needs to show... Exactly, and thankfully, you would think that you would think that that kind of weird one-off Harley Quinn who appeared in like three or four episodes, oh, didn't that be it for Walsh? But no, she comes back ten years later in 2014 for the Arkham Asylum spin-off movie. Is that what that is? I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure on it either. We're talking about Assault on Arkham, which is a pretty fun, a lot more adult take on Batman. Yeah, actually, um, uh, Teen Titans was 2003. 2003 to 2006. So, oh, yeah. Hendon Walsh, she was, she she still had her coals hot from playing the fireball that was, you know, Starfire. Oh, yeah. Like, the 2000s were great for Walsh. Personally, I wish that she did more anime. I do, too. Then again, in a moniker we all, in, in a moniker we all and Christina V dominated market, Hendon Walsh is the vigilante that we, is not, not, not the one we deserve, but the one we need. We need more lollies who aren't Monica Rial. Walsh, if you're listening to this, please come back to us. We love you. And please don't be disturbed that I use the term lolly. Moving on. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> In 2014, she did Assault on Arkham, and she does great. She does she does great in the more mature setting. Like Like, it's one of those ones where I just sat back and I was like, this is Harley Quinn. This is what I hear. I know it's not Zorkin, but it's still a good Harley Quinn. It's the closest in comparison. It's not more of the original Statue of David and a damn good recreation. It's the Statue of David and then the Statue of Georgios. 
which is like David, but has its own spin on it. Less detail on the face, maybe bigger on the schlong. <laughs> I don't. I do not want to imagine Harley Quinn with the bigger schlong. <laughs> There's someone out there who envisions that, but that's a different story and something we don't cover on here because we're a we're we're a wholesome. I can't say religious affiliation because we don't really affiliate with religion. We don't cover that. Go somewhere else. Yeah, we're wholesome, motherfucker. We're just wholesome. All right. So now that we're done gushing about the glory that is Hinden Walsh, let's call her Janice John from Batman Black and White. Claire Tsing, sent to state prison and executed. <laughs> Arlene, how do you know what's in this file? It's mine, silly. I started compiling those theories when I first interned here. Back then, I thought I knew all the answers. But it wasn't until I started doing personal sessions with Mr. J that I discovered how complex he is. Probably the weirdest, not even voice actors, but just weirdest thing that I had to watch for this episode. Batman Black and White was uh, an experimental animation style for the Cape Crusader. They took a bunch of varied amount, a varied amount of different artists with different styles, different mediums. And gave them a story, and they gave it their all. Some, like, mixed, some really good. Like, the Two-Face episode was really good. Oh, I agree with you, but, like, that's when I realized what Batman Black and White was. I thought it was going to be, like, a t continuous thing, but no. I was watching the Two-Face one, and I was like, wait, that's Bruce Timm's Two-Face design. And so I looked into it, and I was like, was he a part of this? And I realized, oh... It's an anthology series of motion comics. Mm-hmm. It was done by people who either worked on the previous renditions of the uh, Batman or who wanted to give it a shot. And there were some interesting ideas. Like I said, I do really like the Two-Face episode. And and the one with Harley Quinn in there was, was this one of the theory of maybe the Joker's actually sane. And... It does kind of make sense. And it turns out that, hey, it's Harley Quinn who was who was doing research on her. On him. It was her files. And that makes sense. No one knows the Joker better than Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So what irked me was the animation style, but that's not what we're covering. We're covering voice actresses. She did... Janice Jaw did okay. Yeah, there's not much to work with. There's not much to work with. She had, like, a c good couple lines. And, I mean, she read it like she was doing a performance. So, it's performance grade. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, I mean, she's Harley Quinn. She's, I mean, Harleen Quinzel, to be more precise, in this one. She's Doctor She's got the... Harleen Quinzel. Ugh, Okay. I mean, she's got the pep that you expect, and that's, and that's fine by me. Next I, up, I want to, I want to ask you actually. This was clearly like a budgeted series or something, like made very cheaply, and it was just kind of weird. You know, like, I know that each episode it's a different artist, but did you know that it kind of looked worse as a single episode went on? Yeah, I getcha. It it was just really weird. Um, maybe the comics are better, I don't know. The comics are probably better, because sometimes, 
when it, when it comes to rip, when it comes to direct to comics, it's harder to voice for because the images are statue. Maybe there's some motion effects put in just for the just for the episode, but when you're looking at a motion comic, you're looking at the comic. With the comic, you can envision the voice you want to hear. Yeah, that was the weirdest freaking thing for me. Like, I've never seen a motion comic before, but but it's it's just weird that I under I understand where it's like Batman's monologuing to himself, where in a comic it would just be like a thought bubble or something, but here it's just monologuing, and that's something that I hate in animation. Well, especially when it comes to the comic medium, when you're reading someone's monologue, you're envisioning yourself so as the character monologuing, so you're setting your own tone. But when someone's reading it to you, it's like someone trying to recite Shakespeare in your high school class. No oh, one really, okay. no one really gives a damn. Yeah, like I could read this myself, and I would do it better because it's not me vocally saying it. It's me, it's me listening to what I want to hear. Yeah, but we'll probably have to come back to Batman Black and White when we handle another character. But anyway, let's move on to something a little bit different, shall we? Mm-hmm. In two thousand eight, we saw the release of. The very weirdly received Batman the Brave and the Bold, a tribute to the Silver Age of comics. Hell, even taking even taking of even taking a a Joker very similar to the original Caesar Romano. Yeah, it it basically followed the concept of a Batman can make anyone cooler. So each episode was just Batman plus another hero to come up with an awesome, stupidly fun story. And with old greats like Captain Bobcat. Were, were you expecting me to just kind of rattle off stuff in unison with you or something? Yeah. Sorry. Elastic uh, Man. Uh, the, 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 the Spectre. Rubber Band Man, Elastic Man, both of them, actually. Okay, okay the joke is dead. So, we got a very bizarre Harley Quinn, which I honestly don't mind. Megan Strange, everyone. You wouldn't hit an innocent girl lord astray by a fiendish criminal mastermind, would you? <laughs> Sucker. Ain't you gonna take his mask off and find out who he is? Go easy on the little guy, will you, Mr. Joker? I think he's kinda cute. Sorry, kid, but I'm a one-guy type of gal. Isn't that right, Huggle Buggy? They made her look like a 1920s flapper girl, which is... That's a... Yeah, that's a great, interesting way to do things things differently because flapper girls were their own brand of humorous comedic actors and actresses just like the harlequins that harley quinn is based is kind of based off of which in retrospect is a really cool idea like how do we do another clown instead of just doing a weird creepy clown they they made her a flapper that works it it works well and with that you got a much more dolled up voice compared to someone like Sorkin or Waltz. They just they just take the the bubbliness of Harley Quinn and just crank it up to 11. And s some places I would find that very annoying. But, but, here, but this time it, she this time she took it in the direction of a very ditzy classic 1920s good girl. Like she she look they even her paint scheme. She's in black and white. She looks like she was just ripped straight from a poster like she doesn't know what's going on all she knows is she likes this mr j guy 
and Batman fighting. That's all she... It, 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 at, at first glance, it looks like that's all she knows. She's just girl. But then when you hear her talk, you actually slowly... Oh, it's there. there's still Harley in there. It's just a different look. Why was she black and white? Um, I think because of the, what the episode was with Batmite, with Batmite reminiscing about all the good times, Batman did have a black and white series even before, you know, before black and white. I'm, I'm guessing it also, like, like you said, since it was calling back to the Silver Age of Comics, that black and white look that people are used to. Because they also did it for the three Joker goons. Oh, thank God. For a second, I thought you were going to go go like, well, it's the Silver Age of Comics, so they got to look silver, right? No, 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 no. But yeah, that's just, I think that's just an homage piece. You know, a, a little, a, a little, a, a little bay leaf on top of a really good steak. I guess, but also Harley Quinn did not exist during that time, so. Yeah. It's, it's stupid. It's Batman the Brave and the Bold is a stupid series, and I should not harp on it. I love it. Because yeah. it does everything so different. It's a good different. Like, like, normally when you think Aquaman, you think this nerd prince fish guy. But in The Brave and the Bold, he is this braggart, stalwart, great, amazing hero. Look at these pecs. Look at this kingly glory. <laughs> he, he, he'll, be beating a, he'll, he'll be beating a villain's ass and reciting a... Oh, this reminds me of another time I was beating someone's ass. <laughs> they gave him a new personality, and it was just... Especially because they had the Batman egging, uh, egging him on to do more stuff. Because, face it, it I, I, I kind of like to envision it was all the voice actors in the same room. And when some person is just starts yeah. going on the rambling, it's like, Oh yeah? Well, I did this. And like, Oh Yeah? And then it's just them getting progressively trying to outdo each other. Anyway, going back to Harley Quinn, I love Megan Strange. Like, I think it's adorable. I think, I don't think that it's too much, but it just seems like a kind of voice where if she kept coming back, I could easily see myself getting annoyed by the voice. She spent just enough time to be memorable, cute, but does not overstay her welcome. Which is what she does. Yeah, so good on you, Strange. Good on you. You were good on you for being strange. You are strange. You were strange, but you were a good strange. Yeah. Sorry if that sounded obje like I'm, I'm objectifying the lady. Maybe she'll just think of herself as Doctor Strange. <laughs> Doctor Harley Queen tell Strange. Don't. Yeah, because Harley and Hugo Strange got together. Ooh, that's good. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're 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 right. I'm terrible. Speaking of terrible, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> We're starting kind of, off with. I'm I'm kind of kidding, but you'll see. Go on. It's Tara Strong. Welcome to Mr. J's Carnival. You must be 74 inches tall to ride. Guests with heart conditions, vertigo, or who are not trained in martial arts should not ride. Please keep arms and hands moving at all times. Park is not responsible for any damage, loss, or injury to the neck, back, face, ribs, skull, spleen, or other vital organs. Enjoy! Oh, oh, do, do you hear that, Will? Do you hear that? 
It's the sound of the dislike bar going down and a bunch of nerds weeping in their sleep. We are turning into the Sith. Look at the red lightsaber. We are turning to the dark side of the Force. Okay, so... Where should I start with this? So, Tara's strong... Let's, let's talk about a relationship to the Batman series, where Tara Strong is Batgirl, among anything else. Or at least she was back in the 90s. So, she got... It's very possible she got the chance to do this role because she's worked with Arlene Sorkin so closely for the past 10 years. And that's kind of the thing that annoys me about her, is that while these other people clearly are trying to do their their own thing that does work, Tara Strong is trying to copy Sorkin and not doing it well. She tries to copy Sorkin to a T. And another reason why Tara Strong would have been brought in is because she's known as the bargain bin queen for a reason. Not not wait, because of... Is, not, wait, is that actually like what she's called or is that just what we call her? Well, I've heard a bunch of other people call her that in the in, in several forums. A lot of voice actors, because voice acting is a very, very hard industry to get into, especially when you're going up against soap opera actors and actual actors themselves. Tara Strong just has so many is because, well, she's affordable. She's in everything because everyone knows her by brand. Well, when you're at a 7-Eleven, instead of getting the organic cashews with light salt, you're getting the blue diamond big tin of cashews with heavy salt. Because I know Blue Diamond, I'm gonna go with this, and it's and it's and it's less expensive. I got saltiness for you. Uh, another an, another prominent role that she's known for when it comes to the DC fandom is she is the voice of Raven from the Teen Titans, and is still yeah, the voice right. of Raven from the Teen Titans. Tara Strong just has one of those those voices that you you know it's her immediately but instead of it being charming like someone like Tom Kenny I just I just feel annoyed I just get this feeling of oh, oh god her again and like I'm it is not because she's popular because she's not even she doesn't even have the most roles according to behind the voice actor or at least female that goes to Gray Griffin thank god but it's but it's just Tara Strong has no range. She has the Tara- same three voices. She has baby talk, normal voice, and Timmy Turner. You hear Timmy Turner a lot because she's- I guess she's cheaper than just Well, Tara Strong is a safe bet because if it's not her, then it's the studio hiring kids who might not be a good fit at all because they're just starting out. No, don't you but know? Besides Nickelodeon, uh, a show of, of people that make shows for kids, you can't hire kids to make show to make stuff for kids. You need adults to do that. And then when t- when she tried to do something different, it is so grating and so wildly different, like say Truffles from Chowder or the older brother from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Which was just the Timmy Turner voice, but more, uh, more of a congested. Uh, let's, let's let's get her some allergy medication. No, don't don't try to feed around the bush. You cannot compare it to anything. It's 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 just a nearly fifty year old woman trying to sound like a teenager. 
a teenage boy. And the way that Tara Strong portrays Harley is, it's not just ripping off of Harley Quinn. She kind of, she has this kind of just like, tries to give it the chipperness, but unlike Megan Strange, you can tell that it's kind of, it's artificial. Kind of being forced. It's yeah. artificial. Tara Strong is the kid's bop version of Arlene Sorkin. I noticed this, that out of everything that she does for Harley Quinn, it's mainly just stuff that's not too serious, like Justice League Action or the DC Superhero Girls, which for some fucking reason I watched for research. I lasted like like five minutes. It was some really cringy shit. Which hey, upsets Phil. me because I actually, I actually had high hopes for it, and it just... It, 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 it drank, it, it invaded my house, drank all my coke, and called me a bitch. You know, it was conceptualized by Lauren Faust, right? Uh... And, Ter- and Tara Strong's Harley Quinn is Pinkie Pie. That is it. That, that is her whole thing. And that, for the, for the safety of the people in the audience, I am repressing all of my rage. Because there is a lot of it. Oh, and don't even get me started on the shadow of Craig McCracken, Lord Faust. Oh, God, that's that's for another time. Which, by the way, if there is a Lauren Faust, there is sure as shit going to be a, a Terra Strong. Ah, uh, the Bronies are mad at us now. What do we do? Pair us as functioning members of society to them and watch them go back to their bedrooms and complain about us on the slash MLP form, to which more people will laugh because if you go on slash MLP... I got some uh, I got some bad news for you. Like in another universe, Hidden Walsh is the main driving force for Harley Quinn in television. And I wish I was there right now. And where Tara Strong got an early retirement after she did Ra- she should have stopped after Raven. Is it too late to say I'm sure she's nice and I hope she's doing well? Oh no, I I definitely want the best for her as a person, but when it comes to remember, when we when we're ranking on people for their career, we're not making it personal. It's not a personal insult. Yeah, if I sound like I'm attacking someone, it's all for the sake of comedy. I hope you guys understand that. And when I, it, I'm sure she's nice. Same thing with Lauren Faust. I have a lot of strong opinions against her as a career or as a producer and a creator. When it comes to her personally, I have no grudges, and I hope she does the best. Because while the episodes she may have created weren't the best, she was still a very prominent figure in McCracken and Tartakovsky's life. You got a segue? I don't have a segue. Well, let's build our own segue by covering the Lego duology. Oh, good job, dude. You know it. All right, we'll be doing Laura Bailey first from Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes. It's a riddle. You want to play? Okay, let's play. Laura Bailey is a, another one of the big legends amongst voice actors in both cartoon and the anime field. Laura Bailey, oh, even in video games, she's there. The Matt Mercer of our Spyro... She is of this, of Harley Quinn. I don't think she's that bad. No, no, no. I'm not saying that Mercer's bad. His crumb no, was amazing. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Laura Bailey as Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. 
she was a I, I I was never a fan of the Lego series because it they're, they're just gonna they're, they're gonna you know just do comedic caricature for scene by scene with the, with its own individual quirky humor. Do you ever play Undercover? No. That one's pretty good and pretty funny too. I know that TT Games does have the potential to do good stuff. I mean, granted, I barely barely play these games because. It is seriously, you play one, you play them all. Anyway, we have Laura Bailey, and I love it when Laura Bailey does a voice like this. I I have gone on record with my friends by saying that Laura Bailey has one of the cutest anime voices that I've ever heard. And just adding a New York accent to that just make makes things all the more better. Of course, granted, I would label Bailey in the same place as Strange, whereas... As I like it in short bursts, but I know if I had to listen to an entire game of her doing that, I would probably get incredibly irritated. Instances of this are Keiko from Yu Yu Hakusho, Young Chi Chi from Dragon Ball, Toru Honda from Fruits Basket, Hiyori Sarugaki from Bleach. Yeah, do that curveball. Oh, 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 and, Ma- and Maka from Soul Eater. And while she wasn't doing. Lust, or Lust from Fullmetal Alchemist, or Anko Mirashi from Naruto, her cutesier voices actually fit for Harley Quinn. And it was, it was pleasant. It was pleasant, it was short. It was that one dessert that was really sweet once, but if you were to have it again, you would probably get, you know, visibly sick. Oh yeah, I know. Laura Bailey can give me, and me diabetes any day of the week. Oh, especially, I, I like her more when she plays her serious roles. But she just has a good. She 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 has. She's good on both fronts. Yeah. Not the best. Not the best of the best. But she is. She's she's a grade tier amongst S grade tiers. Yeah, I'm I'm happy she moved up from anime. I'm happy she's doing stuff where she can actually get an affordable paycheck. Oh, fun fact for you, Rando. Did you know that she was actually once roommates with Colleen Clickenbeard? Yeah, I know that, actually. When Laura Bailey was doing acting, it was Clinkenbeard who suggested Bailey to do voice acting. Am I right? Yep. And then we cover the loser of, of the Lego Batman, Jenny Slate. Really? Really? She's that bad? Really? You are too good for Batman. Thank you. You know why? Because you're a giver, honey. I am. You love to give, and he loves to take. Look, I'm a sensitive guy. It just hurts. He needs to open his eyes and feel the feeling of what it's like when you are not around to just give, 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 give to him. Of the later branch, she's not bad. She's middle list for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. This does kind of fall... Well, I, I, I think it's a small step above just doing her voice. If you don't know... In the Lego Batman movie, Harley Quinn is voiced by Jenny Slate, who is, I haven't seen that in her stand-up, but she has been making a bit of a role in some noteworthy projects for animated movies, like she was the little poodle from Secret Life of Pets. She's the horsehead from Star Wars The Force of the People. Tammy from Bob's Burgers. She's, she developed a bit of a reputation. The thing about the Lego Batman movie and... I think this is just me talking because as I like to be more financially stable is that there are a lot of typecasted celebrities playing villains who you barely see. 
like, say, we got Doug Benton voicing Bane, who's just basically parodying The Dark Knight Rises. You barely see him. Conan O'Brien plays the Riddler. You barely see see him. It's Conan just O'Brien very... is a very good actor. I love Conan He's O'Brien. hilarious. But you have to admit that there was, like, you hear, like, the Riddler do, like, one, like, one riddle me this, and you have to think to yourself, okay, you could have easily cut that one line out, and you could have saved probably a few million of dollars. Yeah. It was just uneventful, really. Honestly, the the, the, the cameo, it's a, combination, it's a combination of cameo and, hey, famous people, look, famous people, come watch for famous people. It wasn't yeah. come to the show because we've been practicing for this for this for a very long time. It's come to the show because we got Harry Winkler. All right, how's the rest of the class? Harry Winkler. Sorry, Henry Winkler. Harry Winkler. <laughs> that Harry Winkler. Oh God, that sounds kind of. It I'm sounds so- like the Fawn's going through puberty. <laughs> Jenny Slate does fine. I actually like her delivery. It it is a very like fast shocking kind of kind of comedic thing. Like I do like when she's she's saying in the short that I can't find on YouTube the the he needs he needs you to realize that you need to give 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 to me. There there is I don't know there was just some good speed to that. I I kind of enjoyed that line. Um, eh? And something that she I, came off she, to me she came off as the um. Uh, as a supportive girlfriend, and eh, it was, it was, it was all right, but not my favorite. It's all right, but I think it works because, hey, how often do you see Harley Quinn in costume, being insane, back to realizing, hey, I got a degree, I got a, I got a PhD in psychology. Actually, we'll cover that in a few. Yeah, I, I just think that. While there wasn't much of it, I think that that's not a bad way to to have Harley having a little bit more of a substantial role in her relationship with the Joker. Now, if if you want to think of the bad way to do that, I'd say look at Lauren Post in the Telltale Batman series. Uh. Don't turn around. All right, Wayne. You got my attention. Give me one good reason why I don't redecorate the windshield with your noodle. I bet a smart guy like you has some real pretty brains. Real bright. (laughs) That's a pretty good reason. I like a guy who's good with his hands. Uh, you want to start with this? I've I've been going on for a while. Hmm. Telltale is at it again, taking an already established series and making something completely different out of it because originality is key for marketing. And they do a terrible job. They took they took the ballsy, gutsy, I have a big pair of nuts without actually having it from Suicide Squad, where she has that 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 get up, that punk-ish get up. That we see in Suicide Squad. She's got... She doesn't have the whole suit. She's not the flapper girl. She's got that... If, if, if any of you have played Injustice, future Harley, where she just has that... She has, like, the curious and the armor. Or, I wouldn't say armor, but, like, the leather. The big bat. She doesn't have 
she has the very, very dark makeup on. She always looks like she's sick of everything. You know, the boring Harley Quinn. Tara Strong, FYI. No. Tara Strong, but dark. And she is just the most uninspired-sounding Harley Quinn. Honestly, it sounds like she read every line like someone just... Like she, like, she ordered a coffee, and someone gave her black tea with too much sugar. And she's like, ah, it's gonna be one of these days. She sounds like that all the time. What, what, is that it? Just, just, what, what's the, what's wrong with the sugar? She wanted dark and, uh, she wanted dark and not so sweet. I'm sorry, she wanted light and, she wanted light and sweet. She got dark and oversaturated. She had that sound of annoyance. Then again, it's not her fault. Yeah, yeah, like, I put it more on the writing than I do with the performance itself, which isn't great, but it's still just not even close to hitting the mark on Harley Quinn at all. Like, well, even, at, even at that, she was not a good Harley Quinn voice, but if they would have made her, if they would have let her voice someone else in that, she would have done a lot better. Like, if she was Ivy, I would actually, I would highly appreciate that. But no, she's playing Harley, which was yeah, not it was it was mediocre. It wasn't the worst, but it was very mediocre. Like, well, do you know that joke that people go around saying that that Telltale we make fan fiction? Yeah, I felt that so prevalently with this Harley Quinn, where I just imagined this like thirteen-year-old girl, like oh oh. Oh, I love Harley Quinn, but she needs to be punk, and she needs to be the dominant one in the relationship because uh, she needs she needs no. Oh man, she she needs to she needs to be the leader. She needs to look badass. She has to always be the be the one to say something cool. And that's not Harley Quinn. You 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 take out the vulnerability and literally literally the, the core of the character. The core. Ding, 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 ding. Will's like, angry rant time. The Telltale game was a fucking disgrace when it comes to portraying the Batman characters. Normally, in every iteration of Harley Quinn, even in the new one, even the newer, even the new iteration of the comics where she's her own woman, she always goes back to the Joker because, in core, Harley Quinn, Harleen Quinzel is a psychologist who got hired by, who got hired at Arkham Asylum to help with the, you know, be the psychologist to the inmates. She took an un, she took an unhealthy fascination with what made the Joker tick. Because while he, while he did commit several heinous crimes and has a very, very bad homicidal streak, she saw, she, she, there was just something that was in there that she tried to dig to. And it's that, it's, it's, it's the whole Sherlock is the greatest criminal of all time. Sherlock Holmes, the greatest detective, could also be the greatest villain. The Joker, with how much he knows and how smart he is, he doesn't belong in a loony bin. He he needs to be rehab. He needs to go through rehabilitation and then use that uh, use that amazing mind to do more. To which, in order to get to that sensitive spot behind all the bramble, she needs to climb through and get close. So she gets closer and closer. Joker, being Joker, sees this and then makes her dependent. Without the Joker, a Harley Quinn would feel like she has no purpose because 
She has to. She's if she if she leaves the Joker, well, I dedicated all that time and lost my and lost my job for that. I I I, I people know my name. I I can't I can't go back. She can't go back. They even did an episode in the animated series where she tried to catch herself a break. She couldn't escape being Harley Quinn. She couldn't. She came crawling back to Mr. J. In this one, Mr. J is a goddamn soy boy weakling. He is... Yes, yes, Harley. Oh my god, it's Batman. He makes my heart a flutter. What the fuck is this? This isn't a joker. This is... This is some... Uh, I'm not going to use those choice words because I don't want to bring controversy. It, they, they turned the joker into, into a male lion. Not the Simba, proud king. No, the male, the real life male lions. The, oh, I'm going to sleep 23 hours of the day and let the women do the work for me. My name gives me, my name is my pride, but when you actually get to know me, he's actually just a, a, a scrawny, weakling piece of shit who, honestly, they could have done without in the Telltale series. He had no fucking presence other than being the Batman fanboy. Yeah. They, 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 they switched I, the roles uncharacteristically. Thank you. God, I wanted to bring that up, that it really does seem like Telltale just switched Joker and Harley's roles and think to themselves, yeah, that's, that's how we'll be different, but no, you can't do that, and... I think I speak for Will also when I say that we're not saying that Harley needs the Joker to be a compelling character. I mean, the comics have... Harley has not been in the, with the Joker in any form of media for a very long time. And and those are a lot of fun. But it's but it's just the way that it's presented here, here with trying to be different. This is the wrong way to be different by literally flipping... Everything that you know about Harley Quinn on its head. No, even in the, even even with Harley being alone, she eventually she goes back to the Joker several times with a very soondery attitude about it, but not the. It's not that I like you, Buck. It's she feels she still has a connection. He made her. God, it a creation cannot hate its God. It can scorn it. It can be angry at it, but it cannot hate its creator. Because when the when, when the chips are down and things are at the worst, there it is, the creator, staring at you. You reach for the light. You don't walk away from it. But that's a very good, compelling character trait. It's not the it's it's not the Stockholm syndrome that the animated series kind of shown. It's the no matter how no matter how far I tried to get away from it, I either come back to it or I become what I was running away from. Hers was a little bit of both, which is a very good development for the character. This, this is not. Wow, surprisingly, we ranted about this more than we ranted about Tara Straw. It's funny, I was telling my girlfriend about me doing this, and she knows my hate for Tarek Strong. So, 
but so when she said that, I was like, I don't know. You might be surprised. And now our last and the palate cleanser to the amount of muck we had to lick. Melissa Roush. Holly Quinn reporting for duty, sir! Meet you at the car! <laughs> so here's how it's gonna work, dynamic duo. Nobody knows Ivy like I know Ivy. Now I can help you find her, but you're gonna let me talk some sense into her before you come in swinging. Sociopath! Sociopath! Jeez, why does everybody always get that wrong? Melissa Roush. She was in the Batman and Harley Quinn movie. A movie that actually had Nightwing. Dick Grayson Nightwing. Mmm. Mmm. Tasty. This movie was done spectacularly. It was a very good Harley Quinn movie. Yes, it's a Harley Quinn movie, people. Batman is the plot. She's the main character. Oh, yeah. And they did it so well. For those of you who don't know, Melissa Rauch is Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. And when I first heard this, when I... I was just... When he I was first mad. Heard this, I, was I mad? Yes. You don't like <laughs> The Big Bang Theory, remember? I, yes, I remember that I don't like his show, Will. Thank you, but... And you thought that this total nobody who has nothing to do with... Any, who has nothing to do with the comics at all is just out of nowhere. It was out of nowhere, but you know what? If I did say that, then I tip my hat to Roush. You did a pretty good job. That's a person who actually likes the character Bernadette. Hearing her imitate Howard's mom and doing that Jewish Jew, Jewish mom. Oh yeah. Which, by the way, she was born in she was born in New Jersey, so she's very close to the original accent. Yeah, she's she's probably the most fitting voice actress who's literally bred for the role. Unintentionally, of course. Oh yeah, of course. But like someone who actually is from around where Harley Quinn is. So Melissa Melissa Rauch, she she doesn't strike the balance like Sorkin, but it's still done well. Like like the the oi whatever the hell help you would define a New York accent is a lot more prominent this time but it but it is but it's just done done really well the thing about of this movie is that it's fun it's a lot of fun bruce tim made it he i saw an interview with him where he was just saying yeah i didn't want to do a deep story i just want to do something fun melissa roush is a fan of harley quinn a very big fan and actually when it comes to appearance she could easily do a live action like give oh, this yeah. girl a sh- give this girl a shot, Hollywood. <laughs> She's got a good face. She has the blonde hair, the blue eyes. She could easily make. She could be a great Harley. Give her a chance, Hollywood. Looking at looking at you, Hollywood. But yeah, she was she was the most surprising, because. In this long pedigree of voice actress, voice actress, voice actress, voice actress, this IRL actress stole the show from most of them. Yeah, I have to agree with that. A person who only has four, four things in voice acting outdid titans of the industry. Yeah, it's it's just like Walsh, where... 
where I started watching it and I forgot that like, oh, it's a character actor, a live action character actor. No, I I was just like, there's Harley Quinn. There there she is. It's her accent's a little bit thicker than usual, but there, there she is. That's her. And, yeah. And you know, that scene in the bar where she's where she starts to sing i was rolling my eyes but then i heard her and she does that well too she i might listen to that song later i might listen (laughs) also by the way special special shout out to rob paulson singing that one song on before that scene happens rob paulson we love you yes please please do a crossover with us on talking tunes um talking tunes in the voice cast Two very funny names. Two very punny names. Yeah. I don't know. I I <laughs> it's just gonna turn to a gush at the very end. Thankfully we're ending off positively, but it's just like Harley is a good character in the sense that she could exist outside of the Joker very easily. She could exist she outside. She has too. But like a Phoenix like but like a phoenix and like a phoenix through the sky it has to return to the volcano to roost one more time for another reincarnation god i love your analogies the phoenix yes it can reincarnate at any time but it always goes back to the volcano it was born from the phoenix can go across the world the great firebird the phoenix the whole in many mythologies but it always goes back to that very same mountain where it spawned the first time and spawns again. Harley can work with everyone in the in 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 the Batman villain universe. She could work with she could work with Freeze, Croc. She has chemistry with everyone. It's just they chose the other woman who has chemistry with practically everyone. Put them together and you have a dynamite duo. But whenever they do spend long periods of time together, you always see Harley get homesick in a way. And that's the Phoenix returning home. The Harley going back to the Joker. It happens eventually. But every time it does happen, you want to see how far she gets to the door. This is... this is Harley Quinn is a great example of why growing up and going back to these these shows and these characters is so great because when I first saw her, it was in the Batman versus Superman crossover. If I recall, it is so embedded in my brain. That scene where Harley Quinn comes out, out and just totally wrecks all those goons, goons on a pogo stick. It was, it's just such a fun unseen that, that my, that my little boy, my brain was, was just like, Oh, this, this is this is so much fun, and eventually I started to learn more and more about her and the love that's and the love that she's gotten, and and the many voice actresses who portrayed her well or or not, and and it's just coming back and and realizing there's a lot more to her than just this wacky pogo stick girl. She's a deep, intricate character with a lot of major plot points and a lot of major events. And influences because of her, just of her presence alone. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of content that you can expect from us on the voice cast as a part of the Vocal Violence crew. So, as we always will, will 
How would you rate these? Hmm. Comparing them to the cornerstone, it's Hinton and Arlene hand in hand. Like hand in hand. Then it's Melissa, Megan, Laura, Jenny, Laura P, Janice, and Tara. <laughs> you're do you're doing it in order like that? Jesus. Yep. Oh god, I, I need to think about this real fast then. Oh, God. <laughs> First of all, I, I want a preference that I want to rate these by performances, not writing, because it's a completely separate thing. And that's what I did. So, I'd probably say Sorkin, Roush, Walsh, Jod, Strange, Bailey, Slate, Poe, Strong. Huh, you put Janice above Megan. Interesting. It's just, I can see a better consistency, but I don't know. Now, as per always, you can also vote on your favorite, least favorite, and weirdest, or put them in whatever order you want on our social medias. We will give you a link to that, and as always, we will see you next time. Come in, my friend. Welcome to the party. Senpai!